Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. I am Art Burns, fresh off a vacation and psyched and just so excited to be back here with you today. I don't know if you missed me as much as I miss you, but I really did miss you yesterday. I know it's just one day, but still, uh, it was the first day that fell between Monday and Friday in the last like three years that I haven't done a podcast and YouTube episode. Except for one or two times that happened because of uh, various, you know, there was one time where I was sick for a few days and there was uh, another time I think I had to, I don't remember what it was, but there was another time, <laughs> one other time that I remember. And, and that's it. You know, other than that, every single Every single Monday through Friday, I have been here for the past almost three years um, delivering a little message here, and it has been amazing, and I can't believe that yesterday was the first time. Now, I've been taking Saturdays and Sundays off, so it's not like I'm just, you know, you know, no time off at all, but again, as I told you yesterday, I take Saturdays and Sundays off from this... But I have meetings with people on Saturdays and Sundays. I run a, uh, you know, sometimes I host a meditation group. Sometimes I, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on on the weekends. It's basically work days for me. So, <laughs> you know, so so when I was taking Monday and Tuesdays off, but doing my podcast and YouTube channel, well, then you're not really taking the day off, are you? <laughs> and so, so it's all just kind of uh, come back to me and just kind of come into this realization that it is really important to take some time off. It really is. Okay. And I, you know, just the other day, I was talking to somebody actually who's struggling with this at her work that, you know, they're very, very busy and, and she's being asked to work overtime and the money's great to work overtime and stuff like that. But, you know, she's in a position where she's working, you know, six days a week as a regular schedule. And, you know, and I was I was kind of, you know, in our coaching, you know, we were talking about the importance of taking time off. And she she brought up a really good point is that, well, what if I want to save the time off in case an emergency arises? And that's a fantastic point, you know, because I, I can see that sort of dissonance. I can see that conflict in, in the mind, right? Because, yeah, it's, you know, it's nice to know that you can be paid to not be at your job for, for a week or two, even if something you know, if something, you know, devastating in your life happens, some, some, you know, catastrophe arises in your life, you know? And so <clears throat> I get that, right? But as I, as I talked to, you know, my, my client the other day, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, looking at, at hoarding the time that way is kind of the same way. It's kind of the same thing as looking at hoarding money that way, right? Like that's, you know, hoarding is hoarding kind of, right? And so, so it's, it's, I think, better to look at um, the, the vacation time or the paid time off that we get at our jobs and all that, right? To look at that as a, as a, as a flow of energy, right? And that's the way I, I choose to look at money these days, right? You know, a lot of times we look at money like we need a certain amount of money, you know? And, 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 but, but it's a lot, you know, I don't know, it's a lot more, I think, um, a lot more true to the essence of what money really is and and time too right that that it's a flow right like new money comes in money goes out money comes in money goes out money comes in money goes out right time the same way right vacation the same way right and so so i think it's it's really important to budget yourself with your time just like you would budget yourself with your money 
right? Like you, you, you know, you don't just spend everything you have in the bank account, right? Because next month, you know, you're responsible for X, Y, and Z expenses, right? So you have to make sure that the, the flow and that that's where they, they talk about, you know, not overspending your means, right? Or living beyond your means, right? Like, like living in a place where every month the money that comes in is more than that, which you need to spend in order to, you know, keep your life going and, and, you know, you know, kind of be solvent, as they say, right? And so vacation could be looked at the same way, right? I think it is, I think there is a wisdom to saying, well, you know, especially if you have things going on in your life, right? Like if you're, you know, planning to move or you're planning to, uh, you know, if you have kids, you know, you know, things are going to come up with kids and, you know, or if you have like an elderly or ailing family member, you know, you know, you might have to take some time off because of that, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so it's, it's great to, you know, it's great to keep a little bit of that in your pocket. And that's, and that's tantamount to not spending everything you have in the bank, you know, just because it's there, right? Like kind of thinking ahead a little bit, right? But at the same time, you know, kind of, you know, looking at it as as budgeting and preparation and, and you know, kind of, you know, yeah, budgeting and preparation as opposed to hoarding, right? And, and if you can see that difference and that, that really kind of, falls to the, you know, because what we're talking about here, when we talk about the, the clinging to, to, you know, vacation time or the clinging of money or whatever else, you know, we're, we're talking about the same aspect of everything we talk about in this, in this program, right? You know, that clinging is clinging, right? Whether it's clinging to an idea, clinging to an expectation, clinging to a, 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 a an emotional, like, you know, an emotional state that we desire, clinging to a desire of any kind, right? It's the same thing as clinging to money or clinging to vacation time, same thing, right? And so, so, so it's very helpful for us to, you know, to, to instead of clinging to that, instead of trying to hoard that kind of thing, you know, to look at it as something that is, you know, sort of in motion. It's, you know, just like our emotions, right? And, and, and also it's, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress again. Hey, I'm out of practice. I was, I was gone all day yesterday. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, but, but a lot of times, you know, this, this really, you know, this idea of, of, you know, of things kind of moving, right? Money moving and time moving and, and all of this, it really does reflect the way the emotions move, right? And, and, and the emotional kind of, you know, you know, the, the clinging that we have, right, is this, you know, again, it's the same clinging as anything else. And so, so the point that I'm trying to make here is that, and I'm not doing a very good job, I'll be honest with you, but the point that I'm trying to make here is that it feels very similar, right, when we talk about this, um, this context, this concept of, you know, of, of, you know, operating from a place of hoarding the the money or hoarding the the time that we have, hoarding the the resources, right? Or, you know, allowing the flow, right? Like, what do those two seem familiar to you? Because I think maybe they they might, you know. And the reason for that is that when we're hoarding, right, we're operating from a place of fear, right? We're we're operating from that place of like, well, what happens if something goes wrong, right? Well, what happens if nothing goes wrong and the end of the year comes and you didn't use your vacation and now you lose it, right? Like, like we can always ask the what ifs. We can always, you know, we can always, you know, engage in that fear-based, you know, outlook and life, right? And as we know, 
as I've talked about here lots and lots of time, you know, times, pardon me, <laughs> that, that, that the ability to have a positive outlook on things is essential to your emotional and psychological well-being. And so therefore, you know, it's, it's when we, when we, you know, when we engage in the hoarding and when we, when we allow ourselves to go into that place of fear-based operations to say, no, 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 I have to, you know, I can't use this time because, you know, I, you know, who knows what might happen. I might need it three, four months from now, right? Well, that's, that's from a place of fear. Now, now, there are reasonable times at which that would make sense, right? Like, like again, I said before, if you have some sort of, you know, a, a situation in your life where, where it's a high probability that you'll have to take some time off, well, then that's a completely different story. That's more of a budgeting kind of thing, right? What I'm talking about, and, and I'm telling this story in case maybe some of you are going to experience this or are experiencing this. And, and, and this maybe will help you to see how this behavior is maybe, you know, showing up in your life. Right. But the idea though, is that, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if we're just holding on to this time because of some nondescript potential problem, well, then that's the same thing as sitting in your desk and, and sitting at your desk rather and thinking about, you know, what might go wrong two months from now on this project that you're starting. Right. It's like, you know, to, to and again, now there's two ways to look at that. Right. To, to prepare for all of the, um, uh, you know, p potential uh, developments in a project that makes you a good producer. Right. Or whatever it is you're doing, project manager, whatever it is. Right. That makes you good at that. Right. But to sit here and just cringe over some, you know, there's no evidence of anything that might happen just to think that there's just a, 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 a you know, an impending doom. Right. This just existential dread that you have. Right. That's where we get into trouble. And that's how I used to live all the time. Oh, my gosh. When I was off yesterday, I had an opportunity to, you know, kind of do some reflecting. You know, I had some opportunity to, you know, sit quietly. And technically, I was almost off for two days. I mean, I recorded a podcast. and I had one meeting on Monday. So it was basically a day off. It was like three quarters of a day off. So I had one and three quarters instead of two full days off. But but it offered me a lot of time to reflect. And, and I remember... You know, when I was uh, back in the um, advertising days, you know, I at one point I was in a sales position in advertising. So I actually worked for not, you know, at one point I worked directly for the agencies who, you know, the agency that produced the stuff that you see on TV and in newspapers and magazines and stuff like that. But, but at, you know, I started my career as a vendor to that industry. So I was the guy who represented the people who did the, the retouching and the preparation of the files that would go to the magazines. Right. And, um, <clears throat> I remember I was living in a complete state of fear all the time. Right. I was convinced all the time that, that the next phone call was going to be a client telling me that it was over, that I, I lost their their account. Right. I, I just I, I was constantly in dread of this. Right. And so <clears throat> and so in and of itself, again, 
right? Like that's, you know, if that's what's showing up, then that's what's showing up. And, and I'm not telling you to like, you know, uh, you know, as we say here, we, we, we want to get to know these emotions, right? We want to get to understand the fear. We don't want to say like, no, 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 I can't be afraid. I can't, I can't do this. I can't operate this way because that's, just the same kind of, you know, the opposite of clinging is, or the other side of the coin of clinging is aversion. And that's what that is, right? So, so, so that's no more healthy for you mentally, emotional, physically, than, than the, the, the living in the grips of fear of some nondescript, you know, anonymous potential, you know, thing that might happen, right? Neither of those are good for you. Okay. And so, so the question is then how do we deal with it? Right. Like I used to feel that there was just this constant sense of 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 just any day now. Right? Like today's the day, you know, today's the day where it all comes crashing down. I'm sure of it. And it didn't. Right. And in fact, the day never came where it all came crashing down. Now, bad stuff did happen. I mean, unfortunate things did happen. Right. I did lose accounts and I gained other accounts and, and life, you know, that that always happens, of course. But that that big one that I was waiting for. No, never happened. Never. I mean, not that it couldn't have it. it there was always the potential that it could have. And that was just based on the, the business that I was in. And that's just the way you had to live with it, you know. But but <clears throat> but it never did happen the way that I was afraid that it would happen. And yet in spite of the absence of any kind of evidence, I was sure that it would happen, right? I mean, I was positive. There was never a question in my mind, right? And so, so why is this a problem, right? I mean, you know, theoretically, if we can, you know, keep ourselves mentally stable, if we can practice mindfulness and we can, you know, keep ourselves well and still be afraid of those things, right? Doesn't that work? <laughs> well, kind of no, actually. Um, Pardon me, folks. I got a little bit of an allergy tickle going today as, you know, this time of year is always tough for me. Um, <clears throat> but um, so so let's talk about what happens again when we live in a state of fear. Right. Um, especially when it's an unspecified fear. OK, especially now. Now, hold that thought. OK, you try to remember that because we're going to come back to that in a second. OK. When we're operating, and by the way, this is nothing <laughs> what the little black book said that we were going to talk about today. So, <laughs> but fortunately, oh, I forgot. I'll get back to that. Never mind. Uh, so, so let's talk about what happens when we're in a state of fear, especially, again, this nondescript, um, you know, you know, non-defined fear, right? Or unspecified fear. That's the word that I was looking for. Um, what happens when we get into that place, right? So... So our nervous system, right? Our nervous system is responsible for, for two, two basic things, right? And I mean, it's much more complex than that. I mean, I'm not, you know, the neuroscientists would be like thrashing me right now for telling you it's this simple. But just for the sake of argument, right? It's, you know, we're, we're in a, our, our nervous system goes from a state of, of what we call rest and digest, which we could also call homeostasis, right? Which is when your body is operating the way it's supposed to operate, right? Now, a lot of times when we talk about stress, and I talk about stress a lot, right? Because I work with people who are experiencing high levels of stress and, and, and emotional overwhelm, and, and that's what I do, right? And so, um, so, so when we're in a state of stress, right? 
it's or or I'm sorry, when we talk about stress, a lot of times it's very tempting to talk about the the idea that there are um you know, certain parts of your body are affected by the stress. And it's true, right? Like your lymphatic system, your digestive system, your immune system, your reproductive system, right? All of these systems are suspended during the stress response or at least greatly uh, reduced, right? Like you are, you're, you're literally, your, your body stops digesting the food that's in your stomach when you're in a stress response, right? The, the idea, and this is what John Kabat-Zinn taught me many years ago, that, that you know, if, uh, if you're being chased by a tiger, you know, the tiger can eat the rest of your lunch just as well as you can. So, so we're not worried about your lunch right now. <laughs> Right, just get away from the tiger. That's the big. That's the big priority, right? And and that's the way it works, right? And so it's very easy for us to fall into a uh, a thought kind of pattern of thinking, well, so it's this system, it's that system, it's this system and that system. So then everything else is working okay, but that's not how it really works, right? It is much more accurate to say that every every single part of our body, every single function of our body, is impacted by the stress response, okay? Because it's not just your digestive system that wants to survive the tiger, right? Your whole body wants to survive it. And now this specifically, we wanna talk about the brain, right? Because, you know, most of the systems of the body, I mean, the nervous system is very complex, obviously, you know, and, and all the, di you know, the digestive system, the reproductive, I mean, all these things are, are wildly complex systems and, and beautifully complex systems, right? But the brain is on a different level, right? And so, so the brain is the thing that drives the whole thing for us, right? Like that's where it's the command center, right? Like every, you know, we're, we're monitoring what's happening in our body, in our brain. We're directing what happens in our body with our brain. We're processing what's happening around us and, and through us and in us with our brain, right? The brain is absolutely the, the hub of what's going on here, right? So, and now I'm, I'm in tricky, maybe dangerous territory here, right? Because we don't want to, you know, we're trying to get out of our head in this work too, right? But, but we can't deny that the brain itself, physical brain, is the command center for everything that's happening in our bodies, right? Um, <clears throat> ironically, though, you don't need your brain to, for your body to live. So that's why it's, it's certainly not a simple thing that we're talking about here. So I'm just, you know, kind of using broad strokes to just sort of give you an, a general idea here. Um, if you want to talk more about this, if you want to geek out with me, we can geek out, you know, <laughs> absolutely we can. So just say the word and I'll, I'll make some time to geek out on some brain science and nervous system, neuroscience with you. I would love that. <laughs> um, but, but so, so the brain, right, has so many different functions, right? There are, there are so, such complexity to, to the, the power and the ability of the brain, okay? <clears throat> and when we go into the stress response, right, almost all of that beautiful, wonderful, creative power that we have just turned off, just absolutely shut down. 
again, it's the same thing, right? If you're, if the tiger is chasing you, right, your brain knows that if it, if it allows itself to just, or, or you're actually at that point, your nervous system is taking over the brain, but your nervous system knows that if your brain does what it normally does, right, it's going to sit there and think like, how did I get into this situation? What, you know, who, where'd this tiger come from anyway? I wonder when the last time the tiger ate, maybe he's not that hungry. Maybe he's just curious. Maybe, maybe, maybe what if, what if, what if, right now you're already you're already lunch at that point, right? So, so in a very real way, your body is not allowing that to happen, right? And so therefore, what's going on in your brain is that you are losing the, the thing that separates you from that tiger, right? Like the way the human brain has evolved over the last couple of hundred thousand years, right? Is that that, that big, what they call the neocortex, right? The newly, you know, evolved cortex, right? That's what makes us different from the rest of the animals on earth, right? That's what gives us the ability to reason, to understand time, to understand, um, you know, complex theories to, to, to understand, uh, to be able to, you know, think, uh, you know, like pick, envision the, the development of something. It, it, it's the power to reason, the power of logic, the power, the math, the, the poetry, all of that is in that neocortex. And, you know, when we're in the stress response, the neocortex is largely put to sleep and, and the, the energy of your brain is almost entirely in the limbic area of your brain, which is the, the emotional center of your brain. Now, it's not entirely, it's, it's again, it's very complex. I'm, I'm oversimplifying it and, and maybe to a fault, but I just want to simplify things so just for the sake of the conversation, okay? When we're operating from that limbic place in our brain, right? Which is just the emotional reactivity. It's the, it's the, it's all the, you know, what we're doing then is we're acting just like the tiger, right? Like though that part of our brain is very, very similar to what's in the tiger skull too, right? And so, so, but the problem is, right, that we're not used to reacting, that we're not, we haven't developed, we haven't uh, practiced that our whole lives, right? And so, so in, in a large part, you know, we're not equipped to operate in that way, right? You know, equipped in the sense like we don't have the physical capabilities to, you know, to react and survive like that, right? We're the ones that are going to get killed because we don't have three-inch claws and, and huge teeth and, and, and can climb and run and swim. And, you know, we're very limited that way because we've developed this evolution of, of being able to, you know, kind of, you know, use our brain for innovations, Right. And so so we'll be great if we can use a mechanical, you know, device like a gun. Right. But if it's just us, just our flesh and bones out there in the wild, we are nowhere near the top of the food chain at that point. Right. It's only the power of our brain that has made us the top of the food chain because of the ability to create tools and things like this. Right. And so my point here is that is that when <clears throat> When we operate from a state of fear, right, then we're operating from that place of stress, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you're 100% always 100, you know, 100% of the time always in the stress response, but it means that you get there a lot because you're, you're kind of ready for it right? Because you're living with this emotion of fear. So your brain is like on high alert saying, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? And when it's, it's in that place of high alert, right? 
you're not able to create the tools. You're not able to, 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 to function on that higher level that makes us human beings, right? And so, so this is why, you know, again, in my coaching, what we do is we learn to apply this to all the areas of our lives so that we practice living in a way that is not a state of fear. Right. And so so your vacation time, right, or your, you know, financial budget or whatever is a perfect time to practice this. Right. So if you find yourself becoming, you know, afraid to, you know, to invest something or afraid to uh, to to take vacation time because you're worried about some, you know, unreal fear out there well then that's a sign that we got some work to do right that's a sign that we got to come in and we got to find out okay what's creating this fear right what's making me think that something so bad might happen that i need to take two weeks of paid vacation time to handle it right because unless there's evidence for the potential of that to happen then 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 thinking that way it's not just inconvenient, okay? It's actually really damaging your emotional well-being, right? Because remember, one of the four constituents of your well-being is the ability to have a positive outlook. And so, so if, you're, if you're just sitting here, just kind of as, you know, as the saying goes, just waiting for the other shoe to drop, then that's your, your at least 25% of your mental health is, is gone, and that's important. You want that 25%. Trust me, you do. I want you to have it. And so that's where we come to, to the next kind of logical place is like, how can we do this? Right? And, and of course, this is just, again, one example, right? Like, like the, the vacation time might not be something that you experience, right? But maybe, and, and I never experienced that back then. Like, you know, my vacation time, I never worried about that. I was like, let me take it. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm accruing new time all the time. That was not a fear for me, right? But the question is, is there a fear that's showing up for you, right? And if there is, identifying it is the first crucial step, to being able to overcome that fear and and but but overcoming it in the sense of coexisting with it right and 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 co-opting it and 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 integrating it back into yourself and and allowing the fear to exist within you but not take over you right because it's okay a certain level of fear is is healthy right a certain level of like wait a minute I, you know there are things that i could do that could cause you know negative consequences Right. Like like the, the fear, knowing that the that the cliff is right there. Right. Allows me to, to walk a little more carefully. Right. <clears throat> so so that emotion of fear is not a bad thing. Right. It's, it's necessary and it's very helpful for you. But it's a question of understanding it. And it's a question of, of harnessing it as opposed to being hijacked by it. So if anything I've said today resonates with you, I, I really, I, I truly, I, very warmly and, 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 you know, and cordially, I invite you to book a call with me. Okay. It's completely free. All right. It's a free call. There's this coaching session that is on the table with your name on it. All you got to do is, is claim it. And the way to do that is to hit the link below. 
Okay, I have many different options of coaching at this point. I have certain options that are totally free, right? And so, so there's so many different ways in which I might be able to help you, okay? So the first step though, right? Oh, actually, it's the second step. I've taken the first step here, right? I put this out here. I've created this link. I, I have my desk here. I have my microphone. I have the whole thing. Like I've taken the first step. The second step is yours, and if you're interested in, in having a conversation and finding out if coaching can help you to, 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 you know, to again, be able to harness the power of your fear and, and make it work for you instead of hijacking you every single day and sidetracking your, your, your career and your family life and your happiness and your well-being. So if any of that sounds resonant to you, I want you to please click that link. If for no other reason, just to check it out, right? Just to check out what it's like to spend 45 minutes on, on a Zoom call with me and see what coaching feels like. You might like it. And again, you might be surprised at how many different affordable options there are. So I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you for, uh, for, for checking me out today. And uh, yeah, and I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. I wish you well today. Take care, everybody. Bye.